0: Okay That's Chapter 26 Perak Chavva Chachasmal Voleva Continuing the topic of guarantors And today we talk about The guarantor's right to reimbursement That's a lot of what we talk about today Halacha Alev Hamal Vashchavya Bishtar First of all, someone else uh, Makes a loan And it's a contract Vachashidu Ha'edim Bishtar After the witness testify And they sign on the contract Then along comes the guarantor Va'ariv Vashchavya And he guarantees On behalf of the borrower even though it was done in a way that it does obligate him because they made a kenyan and he made a, verbal, he made a commitment not just verbally but behaviorally, right? which in a manner that it obligates him to pay back the loan if the borrower is unable to. When the lender comes to the guarantor to get paid back because the borrower has no money, he's not able to take property that the guarantor sold to somebody else. You only take property the guarantor has in his possession, because the guarantor is not obligating himself to that when he sells something to somebody else, that's going to be on lien to the lender. It's just uh-huh. his actual property. Okay. Unlike the borrower himself, of course, if the borrower himself that has no property, but there is property which he used to have that he sold, that the lender could take. Uh-huh. When it comes to the guarantor, only it's only things he has at hand. Halya, because we also because there's no remember also there's a part of this that. When you buy property for somebody, you're ex- you're expected to know the risk you're taking. If this guy has any liens against him that you're buying yeah. from, because he borrowed, and everyone knows he borrowed, it's been documented on contract. Mm-hmm. When you're a guarantor, that's not as well known. Mm-hmm. But if it is well known, as we'll see now, then it would change. <laughs> what if the guarantor is written in the contract before the signature of the witnesses? In if it's written as follows. After the right, he borrowed. And he's the and he's how much, and so and so is the guarantor. So if all it says is he's the guarantor, it doesn't make it, it you put it together. It just says facts. He's the lender. He's the borrower. So and so is the guarantor as a separate statement. If you will, a separate item, I think it's called in a contract. In which case, he doesn't mix the. He doesn't mix the borrower with, he's not, the, the guarantor is not mixed, if you will, associated together with the borrower and the lender. In a grave minimum, still, the law is, is that the lender cannot take property that the guarantor sold. He can only take property the guarantor has at hand. However, in Kosov it says, pleini lefimi, pleini, kah, kah, kah. So-and-so borrower from so-and-so, such as not the money, U, are of the crucial vav, the and, and so-and-so is the guarantor, in which case you've mixed, so to speak, the borrower and the guarantor together in one obligation, so he is the lender, here's the borrower, and here's the guarantor, these two people together are responsible to pay back in the order of hierarchy, then the Arav and of course, the arv didn't know way that he made a Kenyan, um, I don't the, the guarantor, the guarantor made a Kenyan, which is not necessary for him to obligate himself as a guarantor in this case because he, he, he guarantees himself before the loan. But it's crucial that he made a kenyan because that makes it that he's now part of the shtar. And after he obligated himself and, and, and made a kenyan, the witnesses signed the contract. In that case, if the lender comes to take the property, to get paid back from the guarantor. And the guarantor also has no money. But he does, there was property he used to have that he sold. In that case, the lender can take that property from the buyers because it, because it becomes on lien to the lender. Because the, the guarantor guaranteed the, to pay back. And he did it with a Kenyan before the witnesses signed the contract. So just like a contract publicizes and obligates whoever buys property from the borrower to be aware there's a lien on the property, publicizes and obligates anybody who buys property from the guarantor to know there's a lien on the property. Days. When the lender comes to the borrower and he finds he has no money, he has no property, and he's not able to demand the money from the guarantor. In other words, he comes and he has a property and he, and he wants the money from the guarantor. He can't demand it to be paid back from the guarantor until 30 days have passed from when the, the guarantor becomes obligated to pay. So whenever the lender takes a guarantor to Bezin and says he guaranteed the loan, and Bezin passes, okay, you're the guarantor, you must pay up on behalf of the borrower, the, just like the lender gets 30 days, so there's a guarantor. So there's no reason why the guarantor's abilities or rights should be any less than the lender, the borrower himself. That's how the, that's how the, the price can pass However, if, of course, they made some specific condition that whenever he asks him he'll have 15 days, 45 days, whatever it is, I call you tonight. you follow the, the, uh, the, the, the uh, conditions oh it doesn't have to be 30 days it could be no, whatever yes. amount of days well if they made a specific condition that if I come to you to demand the money because the lender is unable to borrower is unable to pay then you promise to pay it back within 20 days or I promise to give you a year whatever it is hmm. but if they don't stipulate a time frame it's 30 days just okay. that the lender had just like just like we learned on, on a paragraph that when the business says the borrower pay up he has the right to say, okay, give me 30 days. Before you start selling off my property, give me 30 days to go borrow money, to go sell my property, to go sell my stocks. We give him those 30 days. So we afford the same courtesy to the guarantor. Okay. When the lender comes to pay back from the borrower and he finds the borrower has no property. and The borrower is not allowed, no, he doesn't find any obvious property immediately. So he wants to go do an investigation, find out, is he hiding cash in his mattress, whatever. And the the lender the borrower excuse me is not able to say to the lender. Go Get the, Ke- Kablan, what is a Kablan? Kablan is a guarantor. Oh, guarantor. Yeah. But the guarantor who is has who is committed himself to pay back, even if the lender to come chooses to come to him even before going to the borrower. Yeah, we see. Go to the kabelan. Okay it's more helpful if you wait till I get to that part that I'll, okay. I'll usually explain these things right so go to the after all if you wanted to you could go to the cobbler first why are you bothering me and trying to look at my master's if I have cash there go to the cobbler you could go to him first so go to him first uh-huh. the borrower cannot say that the lender has the right to demand whoever he wants first and therefore it's his prerogative the borrower can't say leave me alone go to the guarantor However, if when the guarantor guaranteed himself as a kabler, or perhaps even as a regular guarantor. But it was in a way, he said, I'm going to pay back on behalf. So lend him the money. Do you agree? You agree? Okay. And the guar- guarantor takes the money away from the lender and hands it to the borrower. In that case, in a the lender, the lender and the borrower have nothing to do with each other. Now it's between the person who took the money off the desk of the lender and the lender—that's what they—they have—they their their obligations to each other. So or the, the the guarantor essentially is the borrower. The fact that he then handed the money over to somebody else, who was the person who initiated the conversation, is irrelevant. And therefore, there's even room to say not only that not only can the lender go to not not only can the lender go to the guarantor first—that's obvious—and not only can the lender, if he goes to the borrower, the borrower can say, "Excuse me, leave me alone." Go to the guarantor. It's even possible that if the l- guarantor goes bankrupt, the lender is not allowed to go to the borrower. The borrower says, excuse me, I have nothing to do with you. Somebody else in front of me took a loan from you and handed it to me. That's what you he mean the guarantor. the guarantor. Right, there's room to say that. It's not clear that Adam holds that way. Some him do, but the is, is probably doesn't. It, doesn't, it doesn't seem. But it's basically, the point is, is that it's a high level of obligation. It's certainly true that in that scenario, the lend, the, the, the borrower can tell the lender, bug off, go to the guarantor Don't, first, go, go to him first. If he doesn't have money, they come back to me. Maybe it's a conversation. Maybe not. What if the borrower was in a different country? Exactly how far the country is, it's not clear, but some of the say it, a 30-day journey. Now, today, in the way the world works, there's nothing is a 30-day journey. You can go to Australia one day and back. Even the moon is not 30 days by rocket ship, right? But theoretically speaking, if it's a 30-day journey, in which case, we're unable to go there and inform him. So, therefore, there's no way the, the, bar, the lender can... Uh, sue the borrower For example, the borrower passed away And he left orphans who are young And because they're young The Bezin doesn't get involved in their their estate Till they get old enough And they're able to deal with it And defend themselves So now they're borrowed But the lender wants his money In that case, the lender does have the right To first go to the guarantor The borrower is not present He's either dead or he's either in a different place So that's an example where A regular guarantor, you can go to him First, and if he says, why are you coming to me first? Go to the lender. Well, he's in different countries. You go to that country. No. I'm going to go to you. When he gets back, you fight with him. You doubt. Okay. <laughs> when the lender comes to the borrower to get paid back, finds out he's bankrupt, he's poor. Okay, then, so then he goes to the guarantor. He says, listen, this guy is poor. I want you to pay. Arif. He doesn't have. He's not allowed to demand money from the guarantor. The borrower, if he's present, obviously, has to make a, a shavua that he that he doesn't have any money. Why? We're worried that the borrower and the lender are gonna are gonna make funny business against the guarantor. So the lender is gonna pay the the the, the borrower back. Sorry, the borrower pay the lender back. Here's your thousand dollars. Listen, let's go to Besdin. I'll pretend I'm oh. poor. You, you, you're going you, to um, Demand from the guarantor A thousand dollars Because I can't pay you And let's we'll put it For five hundred apiece Right that, So therefore We have to make the lender Borrower Swear that he Indeed has no money And he can't yes, pay back exactly. Yeah We don't make the lender Swear he hasn't been paid We do make the borrower Swear that he He has no money Okay Someone is a guarantor For his fellow But the loan Was just A verbal loan With witnesses There was no uh, There was no contract and then the lender comes and he demands the money from the guarantor because the, the borrower is poor. And the, oh, the borrower is not just poor, excuse me, he is elsewhere. arif, The lender uh, can tell the guarantor. No, the guarantor may tell the lender. Say, thank you. The guarantor tells the lender, Prove to me that the borrower did not pay you back. In other words, if the borrower was here and he said, I've paid you already, we would trust his word. There's no contract. His word against his word. You know, he's overseas. Therefore, if he was here, he could say that. he's not here, I'm going to suggest on his behalf that you've been paid back already. If you had a contract, the fact you're still holding it shows you have not been paid back yet. There's no contract over here. So I want you to make a shavuot to me, promise me, prove to me that you were not paid back, and then I'll pay back on on behalf of the borrower. Now, how would you prove he weren't paid, he wasn't paid back? So one of the, way, one of the simplest ways is if the, if the lender did not pay back and therefore Bezin excommunicated him as punishment until he, till he paid back and he's still in excommunication, well, then he hasn't paid back yet, obviously. So you can assume that when he pays back, he comes to Bezin and asks to be released. Or another, another example would be, let's say, for example, the due date hasn't arrived yet. We go with the assumption that if the, if the due date hasn't arrived yet, people don't pay back the loans early. They pay back late, if anything, right? Well, different examples. Alright, when, when, when the guarantor comes and voluntarily pays back the loan to the lender, then he goes, he has the right to go back to the borrower and get reimbursed what he, paid, what he paid on his behalf. Even if it was a verbal loan, or oh, there was no witnesses at all, right? So, so uh, in the previous law we said he has to prove. Um, so so oh so let, let, no right. So let 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 let's keep it simple. Let's say that the borrower is in the is here, and the lender paid back the, the guarantor paid back the lender. Um, and it's a star, perhaps right? So the previous there was no star. That's the other star. Point is, is that there's no question. He's the guarantor. There's no question that the borrower didn't pay. There's no question that so now the guarantor pays back the lender in front of witnesses. So he has. Proof that he laid out the money for him, he can then go back to the borrower and say, "You owe me reimbursement for the loan I paid back for you." Even if it was a case it was it was it was a mil v'al which theoretically, if the guy said I paid back already, he would be relieved But he didn't say that. He agreed and admitted that he didn't pay back, or there was no witnesses. Period. Right? It was completely between the borrower and the lender. The fact is, everyone agrees that he borrowed. Everyone agrees he owes. And the the when the guarantor lays out the money. He's entitled to reimburse me. This is true when the guarantor obligated, him, obligated himself or it would be, um, when the borrower committed to pay back the guarantor, basically. But part of the deal is just that if I'm guaranteeing a loan on your behalf, you're agreeing that if I pay on your behalf, you're going to owe me the money. That's what happened. So... So uh, the guy wanted to lay, give a lo- get a loan. The bank said, I don't know, maybe, maybe not. So someone else stepped in and said, I'll guarantee it. The bank said, okay, fine. And then they gave the loan. That obligates the borrower to reimburse the guarantor if he pays back. If, however, the case was that he got the loan already, and voluntarily, as can happen afterwards, the guarantor guaranteed himself. Let's say, for example, the lender was harassing the borrower, and the guarantor said, leave him be, I'll guarantee Which is a legitimate way of being a guarantor. And the the borrower says, Arveni, guarantee my behalf. But he says, guarantee for me. But he basically doesn't say that that I'm going to pay back on your behalf. He's he's asking him to act as a guarantor. But basically, in which case, the guarantor is only supposed to pay back on behalf of the borrower when the court instructs him to. Mm -hmm. Right? So... Uh, in that case, the guarantor lays it out on his own volunteer volition, then the borrower does not owe him anything. It's only if the bezin says it says that he should, and then he does so that obligates the borrower to reimburse him. But if he does it voluntarily in a way that he that that, that, that them that the first of all he made himself a guarantor and voluntarily, did that it could be a shtar. It's irrelevant. The point is, is that he was he was um, he became a guarantor voluntarily. And the borrower never made a commitment to reimburse him. And then when he chooses to pay first, then the the borrower owes him nothing. It's only if the court orders him to pay, or if he makes himself a guarantor and the borrower commits to reimburse him. Or, or in the event that the, that, that, the, that the bank sues the lender borrower and the borrower declares bankruptcy and then the bank goes to the guarantor, that would also possibly obligate the borrower. But just simply if the guy walks to the bank and he says hey I guaranteed a loan on behalf of so and so I gave him some extra cash I don't want to spend it on drinking like I normally do here it is that doesn't obligate the borrower <laughs> the borrower can say thank you you paid on my behalf but uh, thanks for the gift That doesn't obligate anything similarly if in general no guarantor if some I know happen to know you owe money to somebody I voluntarily pay back a loan on your behalf I'm in a good mood I have some extra money I know he's on hard times I'm going to pay back on his behalf this way when he gets better he'll pay me back even if it was a situation where there was a collateral, in which case I'm getting the collateral because I paid it back, still, So I give, I give the lender the money on your behalf. They give me the, 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 the expensive watch that you gave as collateral. Still, the borrower is not obligated to anything. I'm going to say, one second, I'm not giving you this fancy watch. That's a collateral until you pay me back. You reimburse me. <laughs> no, I have to give you the watch. But the guy who paid it back on behalf of the borrower lost his money. Why? After all, what can the borrower say? Seemingly, he saved them money. So the Ram says. Theoretically speaking, maybe the borrower would be able to sweet talk his way out of the loan, and he could say, therefore, I, I wouldn't have had to pay it. So you didn't save me anything. So yeah if however the bar, if the if the borrower dies. Okay. Now, new case. the borrower dies. So the the guarantor goes and pays back the debt before they inform the heirs. Right? If we can be confident that the borrower did not pay back and here he points out there has to be with star. that's important for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, before he died. How would we know that? On his deathbed, he confessed to owing the money still to this person specifically. Or, for example, he excommunicated him for not being willing to pay back and he died in excommunication. Or, for example, the due date of the loan didn't arrive yet. In all these cases, we can be confident that the borrower did not pay back and he paid back on behalf of the borrower or behalf of his heirs rather. In this case, his Yoshim. He's a chayziv in this case, he does have a right to get reimbursed from the heirs. The heirs have to pay. Right now, why can't the heirs say, "Well, we would have sweet talked our way out of the loan, right?" We what? We would have. We would have just like the guy himself, if he was alive, could say, "Well, I would have. I would have convinced the lender to ju- just to forgive me the debt. So I'm not paying you back. I would have. I would have. I was going to convince not to not not to force me to pay." In the previous case, we said that. We don't say that regarding his kids, though. And the reason for that is... I'm not sure. This is definitely true if the kids are, are, are minors. If they're adults, so, it's not clear if we say this. Though. There's a, the note 29 just... I see that, yeah. That's, that points out that the question is... It's, it's, not sure, it's not clear if this applies if they're adults. It may only be true if they are minors. Because if they're minors, they can't tweet-talk anything, right? <laughs> but if they're adults, maybe they could. So that's why maybe it's a doubt. Okay. What if the lender was a goy? The 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 Yerush don't have to pay. Why not? It's entirely possible plausible that the father gave the guarantor the money that he owed the, the lender. Why would he do that? By the goyim would they go first to the guarantor? That's why this guarantor on his good own uh, uh, instincts, decided to be a nice guy and pay on behalf of these orphans. Yeah, sure, because the father gave him the money to pay back on his on his behalf. That's how that works, Because he knows the guy is going to go to the guarantor first. That's how going to do it. So he's coming back and saying, "Hey, I let out the money. You owe it to me." No, you probably laid it out because the father, the father gave you the money. That's what we're gonna. That's the assumption we're gonna make if the lender is a good. Because everyone knows the guy goes to the guarantor first. <laughs> If, however, we know that the guy was demanding the money because he said I did not get paid back yet. Um, I'm sorry. If the guarantor said to the heirs, hey, listen up, the guy is knocking down my door, he wants his money. I'm giving the money to him so he doesn't knock my door down, but I won't get it reimbursed. and L'sham, they do have to pay. Or if the business, for example, obligates the guarantor to pay. It's as if he notified the heirs first, right? So that's the case where we can assume that the father didn't give it to me. So, but essentially, by coming and saying, "Hey, the guy is banging down my door. He wants the guy wants the money," the the the, uh, the guarantor is making the case. I don't, I don't, I don't have the money yet, and I'm and I'm only doing this, mind you, on behalf of you. As long as you reimburse me. If he doesn't say that, and afterwards he says, "Hey, I want money from you guys," then we'll be suspect that he got the money already. Just wants to make an extra buck off the same, off the orphans. Whenever a guarantor comes to be reimbursed, what he laid out, whether he's coming to get reimbursed from the borrower or the borrower's heirs, he has to be proof he paid. He can't just say, "I promise I paid." Yes, I've witnesses. And the fact that the guarantor says, "What do you mean? I have the contract here." That the lender gave me. It's not a proof. It's not a proof. Not a proof. It is a proof. Maybe, maybe the, the contract fell from the lender and he, he didn't pay anything. Therefore, we have to be concerned. The lender is going to say, excuse me, that fell from me. And therefore, I am going to make a Shavua that, that, um, that I wasn't paid back yet. Or if the lender agreed, if the lender says, yeah, he paid me. I'm fine, I have no word claims, then obviously we're good. But the problem is the lender might not say What if the lender says, in other words, the guy walks into Besdun with these heirs these or this, this, this borrower and says, here's the star I put in your behalf, I want the money from you. Before we force the lender to reimburse the guarantor, we need proof that he, lent the money, that he laid the money out. To that he holds the contract is not sufficient proof. It could be. He has to bring better proof. Of. He has to bring the lender to Besdun and have the lender declare that he's, he's been satisfied. Otherwise, the lender might say, no, I, I dropped it. And therefore it's going to cause a whole problem maybe and then and then that could be a case what where mean, I it the lender is going to say the star that, ah. that i'm owed i dropped it and the guarantor found it right um yeah okay yes what do you mean fell from the lender what the lender has the star yeah but he dropped it he was walking really? down the street fell out of his pocket the guarantor found it. Oh, the guarantor found the guarantor it. Guarantor found it. Maybe the guarantor found it. He walks to the bed and says, "I paid on your behalf. Give me the. Give me reimburse me ten thousand dollars." Who says you paid on our behalf? We're not giving you ten thousand dollars. And tomorrow the bank's going to come demanding money from us. Prove that you paid back the loan. Where's the receipt? I don't have a receipt, but here I have the contract. That's not good enough. Maybe it fell from the banker's pocket. And then and and and, and we're gonna give you ten thousand dollars tomorrow. He's gonna to come to find the money. We're gonna say we paid you, and we're gonna bring proof that you had the star in your hand. The bank is gonna say no, we dropped it, and then maybe bez- and then the bank could uh, make a shavu that in fact that they did drop it, or you know, it's, it's uh basically the point is is that the contract in the hands of the guarantor is not the same as the hands of the borrower. When the lender gives it to the ba- gives the contract back to the borrower, that's the proof that he paid. Comes to guarantor, not necessarily. That's, that's the point. Okay. Now, from the Gemara, it, it seems to be a little, a little interesting that it would be a good try. and The, the, the Sema seems to have a problem with the Rambam, but in any event... A person tells his fellow, you pay back on my behalf. So you mean in the Gemara, it, it says differently? Look at note 36. It seems that it may be that it's, it's implied somewhat, maybe somewhat different, but I just I just want to observe that, but okay. All right, now... Um, the, the borrower is bankrupt and the borrower says to the lender, to the guarantor, uh, the bank is banging down my door, pay back on, be- on my behalf like you promised. And the guarantor says, I don't know what you're talking about. A <laughs> guy says to this fellow, you've guaranteed on my behalf. And the guarantor says, after, never, never, never happened. I'm not a guarantor. <laughs> or the guarantor says to the borrower, <laughs> you gave me permission to guarantee on your behalf and to pay on your behalf. Now I want you to reimburse me. The lender say, the borrower says, kharaf, you became a guarantor on your own voluntarily. And, and I don't owe you anything. Or, after Kla, Or the whole thing's above my you never guaranteed on my behalf. You paid the loan voluntarily. I don't owe you anything. the guarantor says, I paid back the loan and you were there. So you paid to reimburse me. But the borrower says, Lay, prati, you didn't pay. I never saw I never saw that. tells him came prati, yeah, sure you paid back. I already paid I already reimbursed you. The lender says, the, uh, the lender says to the guarantor, You guaranteed $200 of this million dollar loan. So the guy is bankrupt. Pay $200 at least. However, well, he says, oh, you have to yell money. He says, I didn't guarantee $200. I only guaranteed 100 So I'm, I'll, I'll give you $100. I'll give you 200 But that's a partial admission. In all of these cases, when it's his word against his word, there's no contracts, there's no aid him. Whoever seeks to extract money from the other person The burden of proof is upon him Or if there's no proof Then the, the defendant can deny it with an oath The person being sued Has the right to take a Shavua To deny If it's in a case where he's making total denial Like the, bank, like the lender says uh, Most of these cases are total denial But a makes in a case where the lender says you're a guarantor for two hundred dollars, and he says no, I'm only guaranteed for one hundred dollars. So they're fighting about the 700 hundred. That's called that's called a partial admission. So called tainas a moment he makes a biblical oath a as it would be in any regular case of partial admission. Shuvah chesed. 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 is a shura, It's a, the word chesed. I forgot exactly the, the etymology, but it means basically a a, a rabbinic oath a of complete denial. So oh, complete denial. Right as opposed to the biblical oath, which was a tater, which is a partial denial, a partial admission. Test. Evident, a slave, a slave, a slave, that is, who has no personal assets, or a woman, a married woman, who uh, theoretically has no personal assets, or even if she does have, uh, that they borrowed, or they acted as a guarantor on behalf of someone else, so, are they obligated to repay the loans? If a woman has her own personal assets, or if an ever the slave gets a gift from somebody else, then it's possible that they have to be obligated to pay. They have but let, to pay. Perhaps. But let's say a case where the slave or the married woman has in no the, person. the notes over here, it that even if they have the capacity, they, they don't. Yeah? Um... No. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. So perhaps. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Because their they're, they're first obligation is to their master, the husband. Okay. So in any event, basically yeah. they're not they're not full. Yeah. I see feel you're also. Yeah. So basically, the point is a, a woman, a married woman, or a slave that borrow and they obligated to pay back uh, theoretically, or they guarantee a loan on behalf of someone else which obligates them. So be, while they're married or a slave, they have no independent financial capacity. At least, it's not sufficient to make them obligated. Therefore, they're not obligated. It's Only if the slave eventually becomes a free man. The woman becomes a single woman again. She gets divorced. She gets widowed. That's when they become obligated to pay. Prior to that, there's no right to force them to pay. Yud. A child who borrows. And based on what the says elsewhere, it seems to be we're talking about a child who's above the age of six. If he's at the age of six, then there's nothing to talk about. He's not obligated. But a child who's six years old or older, between six years old and bar mitzvah, who borrows. When he becomes an adult, he has to pay back the but long he took out. That dog means bar mitzvah or... Yeah. Pashas. Vain however you can't write, not write a witness uh, write, a, write a contract excuse me to the loan. milva alpeh it has to remain an oral loan even though they make a Kenyan and normally when you make a Kenyan to obligate yourself, you can buy the, the, the witnesses are going no, and write a contract. A Kenyan is nothing. A verbal. Exactly. It's considered a verbal loan. And therefore, you can't uh, use it as And therefore, you can't take his property. he sells it, etc. You know. Okay. That's if the cotton borrows. But if a miner makes himself a guarantor, right? So you want a loan from the bank? and yeah. they, you, take, you bring a seven-year-old kid <laughs> to be your guarantor. When the minor guarantees to, get, to be a guarantee for somebody else, the said, which means that it's not in the Gemara, but the Goenim said, Even when he becomes an adult, and even at that point, the borrower is bankrupt, he is not obligated to pay. And the guy who lent the loan to the other person based on the guarantee of the Minor, even as many he lost his money. The cotton doesn't have the presence of mind to obligate himself in something he's not obligated in. To borrow $100 as a six year old kid and to be aware that you're going to have to pay that back when you're 13, fine. But to not borrow anything and simply step up on the behalf of someone else, the child doesn't have that awareness. Not when it comes to a guarantor or anything else that matter. That is the appropriate way to pass When a woman borrows and she borrows on contract or she became a guarantor in a contract. So it's a serious guarantor. Then she gets married. After she got, despite the fact that she became a, uh, a married woman, and at that point her husband has rights to her property, because she incurred the obligation of a single person, after getting married, she must pay back. Now, what assets does she have available for that? That's a, that's a good question. Okay. But the point is, is that the husband doesn't have an, um, a right to prevent her from paying. So now, Until she, can she might not have. Who said she, she has. If she has, right. If it was a, 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 verbal con- a, contra- a verbal loan, there was no contract. In that case, she's not obligated to get the pay back while she's married, only if she becomes single again through being widowed or through being divorced. Why isn't why is it different versus no, the star. Not Oh, the when the husband acquires the rights to his wife's property, he's considered not an heir but a purchaser. He essentially is the one who bought out his wife's entire property, and bought along the he marries her. Therefore, if one when if someone buys property from somebody else who has borrowed money, does the creditor have the right to take their property from the purchaser? Only if there's a contract, but not if it's a verbal commitment. Therefore, if the woman borrowed the money on contract Has to be a big deal. the the lender could take the property from the husband, from the marriage. But if it's just a, it's just a verbal a verbal commitment, then he can't. <laughs> and here's this is peculiar that Atma says if those actual bills or coins were still existing in the woman's domain and the time can they pay the loan back? She she wanted to buy something. She never ended up doing it. That, that, that wad of cash is still there. is Then the lender does have the right to take that, that back, even though there's no contract. She has to give the money. Though. Which is funny because once you give the person those bills, they're not obligated to pay you back. Those bills, they owe you a number of dollars, a hundred dollars, these hundred, different hundred. But nevertheless, for some reason, with the Rambam and Mishnah has a problem with, a big problem. With the, a big problem with this It's a little puzzling. But the says that it's enough of an obligation that if she has those. Actual dollar bills Or she coins has to give back. She does have to give back Despite the fact The husband's considered A purchaser And despite the fact There's no contract Yeah